welcome to Learning Together, a Prairie South podcast hosted by Logan Petlack. This is episode five, Coronac School, featuring Nathan Besselaire. So, hey, 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 today's energy is brought to you by my child, Cohen. I uh, slept pretty well last night. Only woke up once before the morning, which Kristen handled. So thank you. I love you, Kristen. I love you, Cohen. Um, and you know, it's nice. I got to spend a, an hour with them before coming into work today. And Cole, Cole brought the smiles and the giggles and the cuddles. So, yeah, wonderful way to start my day. So thanks for thanks for providing that to me this morning. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that little bundle in my life. So Love you, Cohen. Ah, welcome back, everybody. It's episode five. We should be rolling. You should probably listen to this as we roll into a happy new year. It's 2022. Tough start. Tough start to the year. It's 2022. Let's get it. Um, Hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Um, The interview in this one with Nate Besselaire is is was recorded right before the new year, but uh, you probably listened to it in the new year. Even this right now is actually technically recorded just before the new year. So, past Logan is wishing you in the future, the future people, um, a happy new year. So, I I hope uh, hope it's been off to a good start for you. Feedback from people about the most recent episode: we're we're well over like 150 total listens now on all these episodes. That's pretty awesome. Feedback's still been rolling in, still positive stuff, but if you got any kind of feedback, feel free to let me know. I, I encourage it, and uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Um, what is up for this episode? So this episode, we interview Nathan Besselaire. Um, Nathan is the administrator. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm so sure I said his last name right. I'm very confident. I, I, I must have asked probably like five times before we started. I got it wrong four to five times before Nate, Nathan and I. Mr. B, Nate, started uh, after b- before we started recording. I got it wrong so many times, but I, I really wanted to make an effort to say because Nate's a good guy, and I respect him, and I want to refer to him how we'd like to be referred. So um, now that I say that out loud, like he, he said he has no desire to listen to himself afterwards in the interview, so I you know what? I could probably say it wrong and get away with it anyway, but Besselaire, Mr. Besselaire was in, and it was a good good talk with Mr. Besselaire, Besselaire. I nailed it. We're good. But Nate, as I said, is the principal of Coronac School. Um, Coronac School, um, born in where, where about it is, it's about 60 minutes north of the U.S. border. Um, so southern Saskatchewan. It's right next to Poplar River. From what I'm told, there's some really good fish in there. Um, Coronac's official, no, unofficial population, according to Wikipedia, is about 650, but there's many neighboring farms and communities in that area that have students coming into the school. Uh, Case in point, the school has around 175 students, I think, and about 15 to 20 staff members. Mm -hmm. Um, Coronac itself, you'll you'll hear more details about it from Nate. He'll mention some of the different uh, amenities available in uh, Coronac and some of the, the cool opportunities that living there presents. Uh, but I really would encourage you to Google Coronac when uh, in the in the prior to the lead up and learning more about Coronac as a community itself um, and having the the privilege of getting to visit there on a couple occasions already. Um, but there, there's a wonderful aerial picture of Coronac too, and it it it's bigger than it looks in the aerial picture, but it's still like it it's it's a wonderful little town. So I was happy to connect with Nate, and uh, I look forward to getting to visit Coronac uh, more throughout. Uh, Throughout my career here with Prairie South, so 
Uh, with that in mind, I'll I'll save some of the deets about Coronac for when we uh, when you listen to the interview with Nate. It's it's a really good one. Um, I I didn't na- know Nate super well. We only really met one time officially beforehand. Um, so yeah, I would say like this is kind of like the first interview in which I didn't have much of a pre-existing relationship with the uh, with the interviewee. Um, so I hope you really enjoy it. It was a lot of fun and, and Nate's awesome. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to see that in the interview. So we're going to go over to it right now. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. So welcome. Our guest today is Nate, Mr. B. Mr. B. I'll start with that. Uh, colloquially or like the friends call him Mr. B. Uh, but Nate Besselaire. I got the pronunciation. You got her. Like you got her. Okay. Um, administrator out in Cornac. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to hand it over to you. Like, uh, what, what's your, what's your background, Nate? How long have you been administrator out there? Uh, down in Cornac, I've been administrator for four years. This is my fourth year there. Um, previous to that, I've been a teacher for about 10 years. So, uh, kind of all over the place. I started out in Northern Ontario working, um, and then moved to Saskatchewan and, uh, have been out here ever since. And, uh, it's been a, a whirlwind of adventure. Okay, so Northern Ontario to here. So from Northern Ontario yep. originally? Okay. Originally uh, born and raised kind of outside of Toronto there and okay. uh, worked on a fly-in reserve my first year, okay. um, young 21-year-old. And uh, and then from there, yeah, it was uh, right to Saskatchewan. So Okay, and just like there was opportunities of it. Like from what I understand, Ontario is like it's slim pickings for teaching jobs. At it? that time, it definitely was. Okay. If you were looking for a full-time permanent position, it was hard to come by. So, uh, you know, that was probably one of the main reasons. I thought I would just look around elsewhere. And, and uh, you know, Saskatchewan had some promising possibilities. So uh, okay. decided to pack my bags and head out west. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> and, and straight so sorry, straight to Prairie South, or I guess would it have even been that at that point? No, nope, where, where did you land? First at Christ the Teacher School Division. Okay. Um, and uh, working in Melville, and okay. then did that, and then uh, moved over to Horizon School Division for about seven years. Okay. Um, and then over here, so okay. with Prairie South, so yeah. I, I like that there's the Melville connection. That's a bunch of my family's from Goodyear, just outside of Melville. Yep. So it's milli- go millionaires. <laughs> um, okay, sweet. Um, so. In terms of education, then, so you would have went uh, north of Toronto, said where you North Bay. Okay. North Bay. So Nipissing University is where I did my uh, studies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. And uh, fam, like, so part of uh, I feel like one of our first interactions this year, I was out at Coronac, but part of it was I feel like you helped me cope with the lack of sleep I was getting due to Cohen, and I don't like I don't know if you like helped me cope or not because it was like hey the. Uh, my kid's at, what, like two and a half years, and it still hasn't gotten any better. That's but, right. Uh, family as well? Uh, sorry? Sorry. Uh, what's what's your family oh, makeup there uh, as well to show, if that's okay? Yeah, no. So it's uh, my wonderful wife and our two children. We have Max. She is uh, four years old, started pre-kindergarten this year. So okay. she's, uh, she's at school with me uh, every other day, so that's exciting. And then our uh, second is Cam, and he's about a year and a half now. A half. So, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. How is sleep going for Cam? Cam can sleep. We're we're good with that. My four year old still can struggle sometimes. It was two years of no sleeping. Now we get some, so we'll just hopefully it continues to get better and <laughs> we're good. Okay, all right. So yeah, so four four years is still a potential. Okay, I'll, I'll make a mental note of that. That's, yeah. okay, Not to right. depress you or anything no, of that. That's okay. My wife will love to hear that too. So it's good. Yeah. The second one might be easier. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, 
He's only waking up two times a night right now, so it's it's much better <laughs> than it was the last time we talked. But okay, um, so uh, I, I sorry. Typically, like, well, I'll end up here, and as I ask this question, like, why did you get involved in education? Sometimes people are coming from like families of teachers, and some are like no teachers at all, and it just ended up working out that way. What's kind of your uh, we're a no teacher, no teachers. No teachers. Uh, we're more of a healthcare nurse background in our whole family side there. But uh, no, uh, to be honest, I kind of uh, in high school, I did a couple of work placements at schools, realized I had a passion for working with kids. And uh, that kind of got me into education. Um, and so from there, you know, typically I've uh, worked in every area, but uh, middle years, high school students seem to be where my focus was um, with my teaching career. And uh, yeah, in terms of getting into administration or moving into administration, that was a complete surprise. Um, okay. That was not somewhere where I thought I was uh, heading, but uh, you know, it uh, has happened and uh, it's been going great for the last four years and uh, I really am enjoying myself. Um, but to say how did that happen or you know, mo- how did I decide to move in that direction? I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. Okay, and I'm I'm glad you you went right into that because like it, in my I've I've had people ask me before like Hey, are you interested in being an admin? Like it's the farthest thing from my mind and stuff too. But like it's starting to like creep in as a consideration now too. But it was just kind of like Hey, there's an opportunity in Cornac to go go be admin, and that's that's kind of how it went about. Or no, not even that. Oh. It was you know we had uh, we were fully established where we were living, and that was uh, out by Tuna, Saskatchewan. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, and once we started having kids and raising family. Uh, uh, it was, let's get closer to family. So my wife's family's all down in Coronac. Uh, she has okay. a big family. Uh, so just having those supports in place. And so we said, you know, the right time, the right things happen. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to be closer down there. Uh, just kind of happened that uh, opportunities came about. Um, and uh, we were able to sell our house right away. And we ended up buying a fixer-upper that we've been working on over the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, it just, everything kind of fell into place. Um, I don't know how it all works out, but uh, we'll leave that fate into someone else's hands, I guess. Okay. So okay. so you found love in Saskatchewan, is what I'm hearing. And then it was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. we did, yes. Okay. Uh, at, a, at a rider game, nonetheless. Okay. So all I right. met my wife at a rough rider game there, and... Uh, and it's been a love ever since. Did, they lost last weekend in the <laughs> finals here, but did they win that night? They won, so yes. there was multiple winners that night. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it was against Winnipeg. So, uh, okay. yeah, no, they, they, they definitely won that night, and I guess so did I. So yeah, that was sweet. good. Cool. All right. Um, I, I, sorry, I, I want to ask this too. How are rentals like fixer up or wise? How does that go with it? Uh, we're almost done. The whole inside of the house is done. And, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, my wife and I got into HGTV, and let's just say that was a very bad thing to get into because it inspired us and made us think that, hey, we can we can do this. We, we could be like the people on TV, and uh, slowly, you know, or quickly, I guess, we realized that that was not the case. We are, you know, uh, I have a wonderful father-in-law who definitely lives close by and helped us out immensely, uh, so I'm going to put a shout-out to him. Kelly, he, he definitely helped us make the house that it is today and it looks fabulous it's beautiful and i'm just glad it's almost done and we can take a break and enjoy it (laughs) that's fair yeah i wonder how many like stories hgtv has started on that road too yeah like success and like i yeah i also have a wonderful father-in-law too that like if if it was up to me and me and my wife to do the rentals it would have been like whoa whoa, whoa, (laughs) we were too ambitious so yeah yeah um okay 
So um, you mentioned already, so like uh, Admin Kornak was kind of like ideally getting over there eventually, but you said Admin wasn't necessarily the, the end game to it. Um, and we've addressed it, but I guess, so you live in that area. Like, yeah, we live right in Kornak. Right, right in Kornak. Right okay, so like um, you had to drive in here today, which you had a separate meeting too, but like yeah. is, uh, so travel isn't so much of an issue. No, we're there. used to it. No, okay. a two hour drive to the city is regular for us yeah. and okay. we're there quite often. So okay. this is nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So day in the life of, uh, being, being admin out in Coronac. And I, I guess like to, to preface this just so, and I don't know how much, you know, but my bad, but like I was just at Central Collegiate in town here for seven, eight years before coming into this. So that's the limit of my experience and like all I know as an example. And I'm sure I'm not the only teacher that like just knows the urban side of Prairie South and stuff. So what does it kind of look like for you out there? Uh, for us, you know, it's a rural K-12 school, and uh, there's always lots going on. Uh, when you think about everything that's involved, you have kids from kindergarten, well, I guess we have a pre-K program, uh, you know, all the way to grade 12. And so you have to put on a lot of hats during a, throughout the day, uh, and you're, you're constantly getting uh, thrown a bunch of different things at you, um, you know, but it, it's it's wonderful. You're, you know, the first couple of years was a huge learning curve because uh, I had come from either a high school or a elementary school. So to combine the two elements in one, uh, you know, and uh, growing up uh, in Ontario, you know, I went to larger schools. Um, you know, my, my graduating class was 250 kids and, okay. you know, so turning that down into a small school, uh, you, you know, kind of a unique situation and I, I quite like it. It's, it, you know, you know, everybody on a first name basis, uh, you know, the families, you're connected to the community, um, you know, and it's, it's this really wholesome, um, idealistic kind of picture of education, which I, I really like and I've enjoyed it ever since being down there. So, Yeah. And I, I appreciate you point that out too. Like I, I think of um, like in my experience, maybe not like it's not as easy. Like Musha is still relatively small in the big scheme of things. You mentioned your graduate, like my graduating class, I think was like 70 or 80 or something back in the day. But um, I, I, to pick your brain and I'm glad, sorry, I'm glad you mentioned that like, um, I, I wanted to ask, is it like an enriching thing, like having those like deep community ties and like knowing everybody in the community thing? But I like that you mentioned that there really is an asset and it adds to this whole like holistic community school center, right? We have a, a sign that you walk into our building in the main entrance and you've probably seen it coming in and it says connecting home and school makes us a great community of learners. And and I like that sign and, and around that sign is pictures of all of our families or most of our families. Um, and it's just, it's true. Uh, you know, the, the, the work we do uh, would not be as beneficial if we did not have the community involvement and the parent involvement that we do have. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, everyone comes to our school. They say it's such a homey, homey environment, a welcoming environment, uh, and that's because you know everybody's involved, and and you know it takes a whole community to raise a child, and and Cornac has proven that, right? And and so. That is one thing that I've loved ever since moving there is just the, the, the volunteerism that happens in the community, all the extra things that people do, and uh, it, that really shows in, in our student success in our building. Okay, okay, sweet. Um, so, and I guess I, I imagine there is like a, a degree of amount, like Glentworth is kind of around there and Rockland is kind of around there yeah. too. Did you know it's like, is it a comparable, like obviously you, you haven't been admin there too, but is there like comparable dynamics that you think would exist at the other schools as well, I guess, to... 
I definitely think so. I think, you know, K-12 schools are definitely uh, specialized and, and, you know, talking to the administrators of our K-12 schools, there's there's a lot of similarities and things that we work on and, and work through together. Uh, that being said, each one of our communities is different and each one of our schools is different. And so you'll see that diversity, you know, as you bounce around. But ultimately, uh, you know, we, we all have the same goal in mind and we work together uh, on those goals. And uh, yeah. Okay. And I like I think in my head, I, I just remember like when I was out at Glentworth sometime, I think it was last year, the year before, but like there was a, a decent chunk of like hockey players. So, like that felt more of like the vibe of Glentworth and stuff. But I think there was a couple out at Cornac as well. That basketball. Like, basketball. Basketball okay, is Cornac. We are uh, we're actually having a home tournament this weekend for our okay. senior co-ed team. And so uh, go Colts. I'm sure uh, actually they're setting up for it right now. We start tomorrow and Saturday and uh, it's our first home tournament in a very long time here. And so I'm sure... Uh, you know, the school will be a buzzing and the gym will be packed. And uh, yeah, no, basketball is definitely Cornex signature. So did you strategically get out of the school that today? Sort of thing, just to, like, <laughs> so I wouldn't have to set up yeah. a little bit. I made sure that I'll be there for Saturday when, okay. when we win. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so, and I'm glad, like, like you mentioned, uh, like you have a little bit of experience, at least in terms of your education in like a larger school setting. Um, how does that, uh, what do you find is like a big comparison? I, I think it's a lot different being a student versus a teacher, but given your experience from Ontario, how does, uh, how does the rural look different than urban, I guess, or from a larger school like that when it's, is, is there any sort of like, I guess, specifics that would be like an identifier to that? <sighs> how does rural look? Um, I, I, I think you just need to tackle things a little differently when you're doing that. So, uh, you know, our, we have a, you know, comparable to Moose Jar, any big studies, you know, your, your school is smaller. So you might uh, timetable differently or restructure how you do things a little differently. Um, you know, I think we'll get into it, but uh, a lot of our classrooms are split. Um, you know, when we get into high school, uh, we have to be creative in what we offer and offset that every other year, uh, just so that all the students can have the necessary requirements they need. And, uh, but it takes a little bit of creativity as well, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that would be one of the biggest challenges. We, we can't uh, you do things and offer the same things that maybe a larger school would, but uh, we get around that by using some creativity and also, you know, some supports from other schools. Um, you know, right now uh, we're doing some synchronous learning and offer some of our science programs to Mancota School, okay. uh, and that's something we've done for several years now. Um, and then, uh, you know, the with um, the online or virtual school, you know, that's been a huge resource for us. So, you know, if we can't offer all the elective courses for students, at least we can reach out to the online school so that those students at Cornet can still get what they want and what they need to move forward. So that's been really nice to see that evolve over the years and get more and more. So available to the students. Yeah. Um, um, and I guess like uh, coming back to it, like I mentioned, like my experience just in that too. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the rotation, like the science teacher out at whoever's teaching science predominantly out at Coronac, like it's like a bio 30 in 2021, 2022, but you can expect it again, probably 2023 because next year's the chemistry year. Exactly. Absolutely. That no, okay. that's absolutely how we do it. So, and, and I guess, um, I think we might like, we might as well go into that now. Cause we're already talking about it, um, about the multi-grade stuff as well, if that's okay. If yeah. A little bit. But um, 
Like, I think of that, too, and you mentioned, like, taking a couple years to, like, find your footing as an admin as well, but I think of, like, as a teacher, like, it takes three, four, five, three, four times of teaching a class before you even feel like you, like, find your footing. So um, I guess my, my question to that as, like, a two-parter is um, what, what are you teaching, or do you have some teaching that you have to do in the school? Um, and, like, how, how, did, how do you help coach your staff and support your staff in terms of doing that split grade and this, this flexible kind of uh, scheduling? So in terms of my teaching, uh, we have a large enough school where I don't have too much teaching, but I do try to, to offload uh, some of the teacher load there. So uh, currently I'm doing PA7, uh, and then I'm working with some of our elementary students, and I do small pullouts, uh, focusing on reading comprehension skills and writing development and things like that on a daily basis. So I make sure that uh, at least every day I'm in a classroom or working with students, uh, if not two or three times a day. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, in previous years too, we've done uh, learning leadership teams. So I usually partner up with uh, different teachers each semester uh, and support them, whether it's co-teaching, whether it's helping them with uh, guided reading or anything like that and just working alongside that and I find that that serves both of us I feel it helps the teacher but it also gives me the joy of being with the kids right I got into education to work with kids um, not necessarily to do all the office paperwork sort of stuff that uh, might burden you down sometimes so this just gives me the opportunity and the right to get out of the office get sitting down with some kids and, and having some fun and, and learning together right and I, I imagine that only like helps with the relationship. Like I think when you mentioned the paperwork and stuff like that, like some of the paperwork could potentially be prevented when you have more of a presence in the classrooms can build those relationships with the kids and stuff too, that maybe it's that preventative exactly that kind of exists within the school too yeah so, okay. in terms of you know you asked about split classrooms and that would be a class uh, a question more so for the teachers right and our teachers just do an amazing job um you know you think about okay you know you have two class or two classes um but on top of that you have a whole bunch of different student needs right and so um, you know, you might have some students with behavior uh, needs or, you know, they need to be enriched or they might need support in, in whatever it is that they're doing. And so the teachers juggle all of that. And it's, it's almost an artwork that you walk into a classroom and you see this happening and they do it flawlessly. And I know it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy, but, um, you know, they do a wonderful job. And so they would definitely be the go-tos of how do you do this? Because I'm amazed sometimes. And, uh, you know, I walk into our pre-K and kindergarten teacher's classroom and I'm amazed every time I walk in there because I know that's something that I couldn't do. Right. I, and uh, she just she just has a magic about her and uh, can do that. So, um, yeah, no, it's neat to okay. see. And so you said uh, like middle years and high school is kind of your background. Is there <laughs> a particular subject area with that too? Uh, yeah, I went, uh, I majored in English. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of my background. But uh, if, oddly enough, I found a passion for math. Okay. Um, so after teaching, you know, said no one ever. I, uh, and, and I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of weird, but you know, after teaching, you know, middle years into high school, uh, you know, I did a lot of teaching of math and, and, uh, that's just something that I, I love to do now. And I don't know why, but, uh, it was never a, a favorite subject growing up, but, uh, I was like, Oh, if I can teach math classes, that would be, that would be fantastic. So okay. kind of weird how that, that shift changes as you get older. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess to walk back my comment when I said, said no one, I don't want all the math <laughs> to be losing on me. I like in my brief experience of it, like seeing the, the light click in terms of like problem solving, I think with math, like that's really cool to me is that like you see it in a more like, I don't know, different sense than you might see it in English class where like the discussions are maybe a little bit more heavier in there, but like the, 
I don't know. The problem-based learning that's associated with math is pretty cool. So. And, and I think that's maybe the reason why, too, you're right. You see students, you know, and, and as a student, I, you know, would struggle in math or certain areas in math and uh, could never get a concept, let's say. And, uh, you know, so working at the start of a unit with some students and, you know, they're struggling with it. And then you just see the light bulbs going off, right, as you get more and more into that unit of study. And I think maybe that's what the enjoyment is, right, because you can... As soon as they got it, they got it, and they're good to go. So just, uh, it's nice to see. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I'm thinking of which way to go here, but I, yeah. you, I, I'm i going to go with, um, you, you You talked, like, the pre-KK being, like, its own, like, it's almost like its own kind of world and stuff, and, like, having, like, seen it only briefly, and I'm like, I don't think I could do it either, but it's, like, <laughs> it, it really, like, art form, all that stuff, like, it's such a cool feeling to be in those things and, like, be in those classrooms and, like, experience and see what the kids are learning. Yeah. Um, cause it really like, it's, it's wonderful how supportive and like it, I almost sometimes like think when I'm in a kindergarten classroom, like it would be nice for the grade 12s to sometimes have some of the things that happen in there too. So yeah. Um, it's funny. You should mention that a lot. Uh, once a week, our senior students partner up with our, our pre-Ks, right? Okay. And in our elementary students, they do buddies and they do different activities and stuff. Uh, even when we have uh, month assemblies, right? We usually do uh, a fun school-wide activity afterwards. And so we partner up our younger ones and older ones. And it's that that is such a cool dynamic to see uh, those old ones just leading our little guys. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to see. So... Okay, and I, to come that would be an opportunity that we wouldn't have at Central necessarily to come back to my experience too. So I, I love the, I don't want to say like glass half full sort of thing because I, I think there's some inherent negativity in there, but like I love that opportunity that that presents yeah. too. That's that's really cool. Um, so coming back to the split grade discussion a little bit, and like you mentioned, like how teachers navigate it so masterfully, and I feel like you like, I, I guess my question, what what's a key thing to your leadership style then, um, or something that, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's like central to when you, it sounds like like empowerment is something that's like very. I, I would say, you know, when you think of leadership styles, there's a whole bunch, uh, but I think the one I try to typically follow is that of transformational leadership, um, you know, just engaging staff to heighten one another, uh, and for me to do that as well with my staff, and provide a culture where everyone assumes some sort of leadership role. Uh, we all have gifts and talents and creating an environment where we can use those and embrace those um, and and to use each other is is great um, you know focusing on the relationships and building of connections with one another uh, is huge and uh, and that was some major work that uh, I, I wanted to focus on and Jody Carrington talks a lot about connecting and, and reconnecting and things like that uh, and so uh, that was one staff PD when I first started we went to and, and learned a lot of great things but uh, yeah no just that transformational leadership approach I think is definitely what needs to take place because we all have opportunities to lead and be leaders and so if we can have a school Cornex school can be a school of leaders that's that's going to be best for our kids that's what's going to help our kids grow and learn right uh, rather than one rule in the roost and, and telling everybody what to do right so uh, you know and you walk into our school and everybody has their role everybody has what they're great at and we're constantly learning from one another and I've said it before, but Cornac staff, just definitely a great staff, definitely uh, wonderful, you know, one of the best, I got to say. <laughs> Shout out to Cornac teachers and Cornac staff. <laughs> okay. I, I will, I will, uh, I will, not, I will add it, like, 
the you mentioned the pictures is coming. It really is like such a welcoming place. Like as soon as I come in, there's a positive energy, and I feel really good every time I visit there. So, um, I from from the outside, not to say you're biased, <laughs> but like from the outside looking in, there is a really good vibe and energy there too. So, um, what, the one thing that uh, that I I like that you threw in there with that too, in terms of like, and I would throw in charismatic leadership as well a little mm-hmm. bit. Like you mentioned transformation, but I know charismatic's another one. So I think you got that peg pretty good too. <laughs> but um. When I like in terms of that leadership piece and like that you that you have each of your staff members like be a leader in something and I think of like teacher burnout and like some of the some of the things from what I've read associated with that is like when you don't feel like an expert or you don't feel like you're doing a good job and I, I like that you mentioned that leader and having them be a leader in something because it does like it's it, it builds up the teacher and like you have a little bit more ownership over what happens in the school when you have that ownership or like you feel like you're contributing in some way as an expert. It, it builds the self-esteem and it's better for the kids. It's better for the staff. It's better for all those connections. So and a, a lot of times I find we don't see our own gifts and our own talents within ourselves and it takes someone else to notice that. And, uh, you know, you asked earlier, what, why did you become an administrator? Well, again, that wasn't something uh, I wanted to pursue. That wasn't a goal I had in mind, you know, starting my education, uh, you know, but, you know, down the years, lots of, or over the years, you know, several people have mentioned, oh, you sh- would be good in this role or doing this or that. And, you know, you hear it enough, you do it enough, and suddenly you start to believe it, right? So, uh, you know, finding the strengths and gifts of your staff and the people you work with and and communicating that to them and making them realize that yes you can do this you you're great at this you got these talents and and uh, that's just yeah something i think they need to hear cool yeah no i i agree um so uh you, you mentioned like reconnection is something something that's important they're making those connections as well and this is like the only like negative ish that i wanted to, what's been kind of a challenge in the school in the past and you mentioned this is the first time you've hosted something with the basketball thing coming up this weekend too um and obviously like covid specifically has presented a lot of challenges in the past two years but is there anything that is like kind of like an ongoing challenge or something that's been like influential and how have you responded? You know what, this past year, you know, has just kind of been a whirlwind and uh, you know, that has been a challenge in itself. Uh, just navigating through a pandemic, right? No one, no one really knew how to do that or you weren't trained how to do that. Um, you know, that has been the biggest challenge, but I think now that, you know, we're moving forward and past that point, uh, going back to the, Whole idea of reconnection we've had it we've lost we've lost a lot this last year we, we haven't been able to connect uh, within our buildings within our staffs within our communities um, so making sure and it's a it's slow going you know this year because there's still restrictions and things like that but trying to find every opportunity to build that reconnection up right and I think that's our, our school was really good at that we we had strong connections and and so just getting into that groove again and uh you know realizing you know all the great things we had in place and putting them back into place um you know um definitely was good uh you know we talk negatively about the pandemic i think though that there is still a lot of good things that have come out of the pandemic and i i i like to talk about that a little bit um you know when we think about everything that's going on you know all of our lives are busy, right? We got work commitments and we're managing a home and we're raising kids and, you know, not all getting enough sleep, not yeah. getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, all that, all that stuff. Um, so the pandemic slowed things down. And I think that's okay too. I think we learned really what is important, what um, re- recognizing that connection and time and togetherness are definitely things we need to, uh, you know, realize are important for us. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that helped. And so, 
I, I'm definitely holding on to the positives from the pandemic and remembering that, yes, taking time for myself, taking time for the family, remembering why we're in school. What are the important things about school? Maybe some things that we did in the past we need to let go because they weren't so student focused or, you know, focused on the importance of students and, and just getting down to really what matters. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, from a, from a, I, I, yeah, I entirely agree. Like the growth mindset phrasing kind of comes to mind and like viewing even like the challenges as like opportunities and stuff. And like the, the amount that um, I think we've shifted our focus onto those mental health, like things that do build us up mental health wise, it really has been like out of necessity, but also like very much, it's been awesome that it's become a priority. And like we've, we've, everybody's taken a little bit more ownership over their own mental health would be out of, out of need, but also because like, it's just it's been really good to observe that people have been accessing resources more resources have become available and yeah, yeah. So even the conversations that you now have as a staff, right? And uh, you know, usually you'd ask somebody how are you doing? Oh, I'm good or I'm fine and that would be it, right? But we're having more real conversations right. with one another. We're asking important questions uh, even with students. They're they're communicating with us now better than they've ever before, right? They're reaching out uh, to supports more than they were before. And that's great to see, you know, we all need help. We all need, are vulnerable and uh, we all, you know, should access resources when we need them and, and that be okay. So um, absolutely, like you said, some things are definitely positive from all of this. And I, I feel like you mentioned this too, but like it's, it's, it's foundation, like the, the curriculum, the learning that happens within the schools, like those, the, the opening up like that and having those vulnerabilities and connection is, is foundational to that learning. So, yeah. Um, so I guess it's I, to follow up to the biggest challenge, like is that biggest success story you would say in the past little bit, or is there any other like uh, specific success stories you've had in the past couple of years? Uh, success stories. We've had so many. Uh, oh, I let me just kind of go back. I'm trying to think of all the successes that we've had. Uh, you, you know, I, but you caught me here. Sorry. No, that's okay. No, I, I think, uh, you know, just to see all the community events we've had over the years. Um, we've had a lot of special community events happening, um, whether it's athletic events or bringing special guests to the school or even to the community and opening that up for the whole community. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, involvement there. Um, you know, we, yeah, I just think every, every, I'm amazed and I always uh, get kind of chills regularly at the school because, uh, you know, you see everyone coming together and doing such amazing things that you never thought would be possible. And uh, whether it's assemblies, performances, uh, they're just all great. There's so many great memories and so many great things. And I'm sure if you interviewed people from Cornac, they could list you easily uh, half a dozen or more things that have been wonderful. Uh, you know, those experiences have been limited. Maybe that's why it's not fresh in my memory because we haven't had as many right. as we have in the past. But you know what? We're seeing it already this year. And when we started off the year, um, you know, more regular than before, uh, it, it brought everything back. And just, right. you know, being able to be together and do all these things together again has been wonderful awesome okay and i guess if like you say it bring people on so if you got some suggestions and people to name drop later get on to this that's right let me know <laughs> we're all, we're always looking out for more people um okay so um is there uh and i guess this might be no it's not it's not negative but um is there something that like as an administrator um you feel like doesn't necessarily come naturally to you that you need to like kind of keep in mind or like make a point of doing when you're when you're working with your staff and 
families and students? Um, I think the, the, maybe I'll shift it there a little bit. The hardest thing about being an administrator, especially in rural, is, is just separating that division between uh, your administrative role and work and then also living and being in a small community, right? Uh, that, that's a complete uh, juggle to do. Um, you know, I, I think about when I first started in our SCC, uh, and I, that was, it was like sitting around the family dinner table. Almost, I was related to most of them at the SCC meeting. Um, and it, it was wonderful. No we get along. We, it's, it's wonderful. But, you know, just uh, to, to be able to have those opportunities to take off that administrator hat and, and you know, be a community member uh, and things like that, that would be the biggest struggle. That's the hardest thing um, because in a small town, everyone just sieges that that one role, right? And right. Uh, But, you know, um, there's also pros to that as well. So, right. you know, everything's a give and a take. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, um, yeah... Overall, I would say it's 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 a plus, but those that would be probably the biggest challenge from time to time. Okay, so um, and I guess to to follow up is what's a particular strategy then you have to, like that you kind of follow? And like this is me name dropping my my grandpa Dave here, but back in Goody when they had a school there, like he was the principal there for a little while, and then he also became mayor. And like you, there isn't that distinction in the community. I know some teachers like really struggle with that distinction of like teacher from whatever eight to eight to five. Um, and then like having that separate time, like ha, ha, is there a particular strategy that you go to that helps you navigate that? Just, just, uh, you know, being firm with, you know, creating those boundaries for yourself and, and, and explaining that to others. And I think people get it. I think they, they understand, um, you know, uh, you know, while I, you know, if it's an eight to five situation, and it's something related to school, we're going to deal with that at school, right? right. Outside of that, and uh, you know, we're, we're not going to deal with that or, or, or work on that just yet. And that, that can be worked out at school. Um, you know, when I am coaching my kids, little league, baseball, you know, I'm the coach. Uh, you know, when I'm out with my family and the community, I'm just dad, you know. Right. And so, you know, weekends, you know, it's family time, you know. So just having a clear expectation of uh, priorities, right, and prioritizing your time. And uh, that takes a little bit of skill, a little bit of time to get down pat, but yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Okay, so, um, and I, I guess, like, this is a little bit of a walk back to the multigrade a little bit. Um, what I what I wanted to ask with it, like, is is it typical, um, I guess you said most teachers there are doing some sort of split grade instruction in some capacity. Is it, like, two to three curriculums at once? Is It's never more than two for us. More than two? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's, uh, when you look at smaller rural schools, yes, then you okay. get into the three or four, and that's definitely a challenge. Okay. Um, we're fortunate enough, no, we either have single grades or, you know, double grades okay. and so for us uh there's a couple double grades in our elementary end uh and then our high school is doubled up so 9 10 are together 11 12 are together for sure okay. um but uh we are kind of fortunate we do have a young demographic in cornac and so a lot of young families and so our 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 numbers there are are rising and uh you'll see our elementary end is quite heavy uh, we're top heavy in our elementary which is good to see it's yeah. nice to see uh, that does create a challenge though. And I, one particular one there that I had to deal with this year, um, you know, when we think about enrollments, uh, pre-kindergarten has, a, a, a certain enrollment limit, right. Okay. Um, that you have to uh, follow. And, uh, after that students are waitlisted. And so, uh, 
so unfortunately, my daughter's in pre-K this year, and it's a full class, and so she was one of the ones that was on the wait list program. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with my wife about why, <laughs> but she's in the program now. She was just waitlisted temporarily. Okay. Um, but, you know, again, that's that's a, a juggling act too, right? right. Um, you know, and especially in a small town when you, you don't have very, you know everybody, right? And yeah. so you're that's a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, I always say that story because, uh, I had actually called my wife from work, just like I would do any other parent. And I, I, I said, Mrs. Bessler, this is Mr. Bessler calling from the school. And just to let you know, your child will be waitlisted. And she said, oh, geez, I'm going to have to book a meeting in and have a discussion with you later. <laughs> so, click. That's yeah. right. But it all works out. Okay. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Cause like, um, it, it happens a little bit in terms of some of the teachers in town here in general, but navigating that, um, like when you have that role, and I, I, I don't say it's, I don't think it's a very prevalent thing, but I think people's brains sometimes wander to that, like, uh, or did they get afforded that privilege because they're the teacher's kid and stuff? So yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that's like, just for the record, Mr. <laughs> B, like totally, like there's like own kid was waitlisted, so there should be no accusations there. You're clean. And I, th- that's going to be something down the road. You're, I'll have to make sure, right? And, uh, I, I want to make sure that what you do is fair, right? What, what you do for one is, is for all. And, and, right. and so not giving my, my kids, I guess, uh, uh, more than, than the others, but also not, uh, giving them less either. Right. right. Uh, not denying them something just because they are the principal's kids. So, yeah. yeah. I think of my dad coaching and if somebody had to be made an example of, it was probably gonna exactly. Be You're always years, a little so. tougher on your own kids, I think. Yeah. So, okay. Um, okay. Um, so you mentioned already uh, English was kind of like your background dish and you're, you're doing a little bit of reading stuff. Um, what, what I wanted to ask was, um, so like being corner, and you are close to the U S border mm-hmm. there. It's like two and a half hours from Moose Jaw. Is that like so, basically South? Is that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, how do you, how do you stay? Like, I know you stay in touch with the other schools kind of close, but how do you stay connected to the division, I guess? Or is that something that is like, is it a struggle almost when you're, I, I think our division's great. I think, uh, you know, we are so spread out, but it uh, that's one thing I have to say about Prairie South. They have created opportunities to stay so connected. And, you know, if there's ever a point where Cornac needs support or any other school needs support, someone will be down there in an instant. Okay. And you're down, you know, like you said, you've already come down this year. We've had lots of learning consultants down in our building. Uh, you know, if you ask, someone will be down there to help you out. Um, and vice versa. I ha- Like I said, I have no problem popping over to Moose John coming over here either, right? Uh, we have set dates throughout the year that administrators from across the division meet. Uh, those are great learning opportunities, uh, great ways to connect, and uh, I value those so much. Uh, you know, you learn a lot and you get to talk to other schools about successes that are happening, uh, maybe difficult difficulties or challenges that they're experiencing, and solve those together. And, uh, you know, you, you're kind of removing yourself from your own specific uh, issues or concerns and and just getting out of that context for a little bit and looking at someone else's situation gives you the answers and gives you the help and guidance that you kind of need. So, um, no, I think Prairie South does an amazing job at connecting all of the staffs, all of the schools, um, and making us all uh, one cohesive, um, united group. Okay, and I'm sure Ryan will love to love to hear that. So <laughs> shout out to our bosses. You, you there you know, go, right? yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we're saying, we're, sorry. Prairie South is great. We love Prairie <laughs> South. We're good. Um, 
but I, I like that you mentioned when we when we had the the Ryan or when we interviewed Ryan a little while ago, he just mentioned like sometimes in the media, like Prairie South gets represented as just the Moose Jaw School Division. So it's wonderful to hear that there there at least does feel like there's that connection that there it isn't just about that. At least within the division, there isn't that sentiment. So and I. I think especially as we're moving forward, you see more of that, right? Like even this podcast here, like this is just one example of how you're connecting the whole division together, right? Taking elements from all over the division and connecting them in one specific setting. Uh, you know, when we think about our social media, uh, you know, hashtagging Prairie South or learning together, and that's a connection piece too, right? So, uh, you know, you're noticing that more and more uh, as the years go on, and that's that's great. Okay, okay. Um, so... What I, I feel like you mentioned, I'm, I'm going to shout out the Nook in Coronac right now, but I want, like, if, if there's any specific, like, community highlights to shout out, because I, I don't know how many teachers get an opportunity to venture down to Coronac. I guess the basketball tournament, is that, um, like, what are the schools coming out to that? Are there any? There's uh, seven other schools coming. Okay. So from seven. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought I heard seven D. No. I was like, yo. <laughs> So no, seven other schools are coming to that. It's uh, usually around this time every year we host this tournament. It's kind of the kickoff, uh, one of the first tournaments of the year. Um, and so it's big. I met with a couple of uh, our parents there. We pl- we have a great canteen. Like, okay. If you want some good food, oh, geez, okay. we got some definitely good cooks there. You will get fed real good at the school, uh, and, and you'll watch some great basketball. Um, but aside from the nook, you know, there, there's all kinds of hidden gems there, and you don't notice uh, unless you kind of dig around and look. But uh, the big thing, the Big Muddy Tours, okay. you've heard about that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have the Big Muddy Tours, and if, if, if that's something you're uh, interested in, you know, any school in, in Prairie South, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for kids, and it's fortunate that we're so close. Um, you know, we could take our kids on there whenever we wanted. Um, but, you know, there's so many great learning opportunities and, and stuff with that. Um, we have an awesome recreational facility. Okay. Um, we have the sportsplex and the attached curling rink. Uh, we also have the splash pad and the pool, and it's just one incredible um, facility that gets okay. utilized all year long, uh, dedicated by, or sorry, operated through uh, volunteers, um, you know, and uh, hardworking people that are passionate about all the things that happen and want to see some great programs for our kids. So, again, a shout out to everyone down in Cornac who's working for the Sportsplex and, and doing all of that. Uh, volunteerism, that's something huge. There's uh, We just had a, a festival this summer, a street festival, uh, a okay. whole bunch of things happening in the summer. Um, again, all volunteer-based um, and so many neat opportunities and cool things happening. Uh, the entrepreneurship in Cornac. You, okay. you, everyone, it's incredible. Just uh, everyone almost seems to be an entrepreneur in something. And, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, from metal sign making to, um, you know, baking to, uh, a million different things, uh, you know, you'll see. And, uh, you know, that kind of leads me to what this holiday season, my wife uh, started up a charcuterie box okay, making business yeah. so okay. uh at the end of the month here we have over 100 charcuterie boxes on christmas eve that we gotta prepare package and get out of our house so okay. we're gonna be busy uh you know doing that this is there year. a social do we get like a coupon code or something like that with social media I, right now or? i will talk to my wife you can check <laughs> her out on facebook under brie my guest but <laughs> sounds good okay i love the name too That's awesome. good witty punny um okay sweet um 
So, uh, I, yeah, and I, I guess like so you, so you mentioned like the metal, the, the metal signs as well. I remember noticing those as I went in to grab some, uh, delicious caramel macchiato at yes. the nook and uh, i think they had a chicken pesto sandwich on that day for the lunch <laughs> special. it was so good but i saw some of it so it's it's very cool to hear that as well and like yeah i don't know like the the art and uh, to your point entrepreneurial community that's that's sweet um i don't know if this will be out in time for the basketball but re the canteen is there anything on the horizon in the in the new year that maybe people could be coming out to catch that canteen today? oh what do we got in the new year i'm sure there is uh Badminton tournaments or we will have that too i'm sure we'll have a lot more basketball tournaments okay. in the new year okay yeah the school is usually busy on the weekends with some sort of tournament going on so okay. <laughs> lots okay. of opportunities okay all right sounds good um so and uh, we're getting kind of close to the to the end of my list here of uh, what I want. But uh, um, so uh, you've been in education for what like fifteen years? 15 yeah, years? yeah. So it's still a ways to go in theory. About halfway there. Okay. Um, <laughs> what what do you hope? Like, what is the what is the end game? What do you hope to be able to say once it's all? Uh, you know what? Quite simply, I just at the end of the day, I want to look back and think, hey, you know, I did. A, I had a good life. I, I made a. I made a difference somewhere with someone, um, you know, and you know, I've had little snippets throughout my career where, you know, you've, you've had students graduated and they come back and they talk to you or, you know, they'll, they'll give you a phone call or a message and, and, uh, you know, you can validate that a little bit and that that's always nice to see. Um, but again, just taking every opportunity, uh, that comes at you and, and going with that. Uh, I think the biggest opportunity that I've had so far in my career was, uh, one with, uh, the, Canadian Teachers Federation back uh, in ooh, 2016, maybe, I think, 2015, I uh, was selected to go to Sierra Leone, Africa, Sierra Leone, Africa, uh, and myself with four other, uh, three other Canadian teachers went down for a month, and uh, we provided some learning leadership opportunities and worked with teachers down there, uh, and so I specifically focused on mathematics and, and working with teachers down there in the math programs, yeah. and uh, that was one of the neatest, uh, just to be able to partner with educators and administrators from across the world and to share our resources and our knowledge, but also gain some understanding and perspective from them and learn from them as well. It was just an incredible journey and an incredible opportunity. And I think that if anyone, any teachers out there, administrators have that opportunity to take that on, uh, it, it was definitely a rewarding a rewarding opportunity. Okay. And is, is that something you'll be able to access again? Or was it kind of like a, is that a once? No, I think you, you can access it again. I haven't. Uh, and they, ha you know, you know, starting families and that yeah, has yeah. kind of put that on. I was doing the math. I was like 2015, 2016. Okay. Yeah. So once you came back. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. So, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, I, I would, I would love to do that again. Um, if there's ever that opportunity and there's the right time to do that. Um, yeah, you can definitely do that. So, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, I don't worry, Kristen, my wife, don't worry. I'm not looking into it. I'm still, I'm not going out to Sierra Leone anytime soon. So we're okay. I don't want her to panic when she's listening to this, that I'm peacing out for a while. But, um, I like just that you mentioned, and I guess to, to ask about that, um, you mentioned like seeing those different contexts is really important. And like, part of this is to, to like get an idea of what the context is like in Coronac versus other places in the division. Um, were there any like threads that you found were similar again, kind of across what exists in education there versus what exists in education here in throughout your experience? Uh, absolutely. Like there's, you can see so, even working in different divisions too, right? Uh, you, you see so many commonalities. Um, but within that, 
every every situation has their own unique take on something. And if you if you just pull those wonderful things that everyone is doing and put them all in one you know division or one school or whatever, I just could imagine what what education would be. Um, like I said, you, you just it's it's so neat to see what everyone's doing and, and, uh, what pro programs and things that they're piloting. And, and so, you know, uh, when we were over in Africa, they were, they were implementing new technology, uh, something that was new to them, but we were helping them out with that. Um, again, you know, working with their curriculums and a lot of their curriculums are the same, but they might not have the resources to help them, uh, the same way we would. So how do we go about that challenge and to support that and to fix that, uh, so that you can do what you want to do. Um, and so, you know, just that collaboration is so important, uh, whether it's between teachers or schools or divisions, um, because there's so many great things happening. And if we just collaborate and learn about it, yeah. we can grow so, so great. So. And I, I guess in talking to other rural teachers and stuff too, and speaking of like K to 12 schools, and you said like having like separate backgrounds, like doing a little elementary, doing a little high school and stuff, like even within school, when you have that diversity of curriculum on staff, even within your school, that collaboration piece, there's so much you can learn from just the other teachers in your school that um, when I think again of my experience, it's easy to sometimes just stay in your classroom and just teach the couple subjects that you have to teach sort right. of thing in my experience. So yeah, I, I love that you emphasize that too and like how valuable it actually is to get that collaboration going and yeah. hearing and listening to what other people are doing too. So um, do you have any, is there a Monday morning tip, a Mr. B's Monday morning tip uh, to, to education um, or any like even maybe it's a teacher tip or something just when you're in your classrooms or interacting with anybody in general? first of all see who draws the short straw to take who's taking the kids to daycare in the morning because okay. that sets the tone for the entire day and hopefully you get the long stick and you don't need to take the kids but regardless uh you know usually i do i do daycare drop off and then my wife does pick up uh but you know after that drop off time i i'm always the first one or i try to be the first one in the building and uh just having that first half hour of the day you know, where it's just myself in the school, uh, that's that time for self-reflection. That's that time to think about the past day and, okay, what are we going to do for today? What are the goals for today? Uh, what do, uh, what do we want to try to accomplish? And, uh, you know, just having that moment of silence, that moment of peace, um, before the busyness starts, because, you know, 8.30 rolls around, buses, kids are coming, and it's go time. You're going for 10 hours, right? You know, I'm usually yeah. leaving the building around 6 or 7 at night, uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's a very busy day. Um, so just having that moment and that clarity to start that day, I think is really important. Uh, I've had, to, uh, that's taken some time to learn that, you know, uh, the emails, the paperwork, the phone call, that'll all be there. That, right. that you know, no matter what you do, that inbox is <laughs> always full. Anywhere. Not going anywhere. <laughs> it's important work too. But again, just taking that moment for yourself. Uh, and then after that, you know, once staff start rolling in, once kids start rolling in, having those conversations. Hey, let's just have a little visit. Let's have a chat. How was your night last night? What are you doing this weekend? Uh, you know, just taking that time because that might be the only time in the day you actually have, uh, you know, depending on the day that you do have. So um, connecting again, goes okay. back to connecting as much as you can. Okay. And I, I guess to, to, to follow up on that, you say you start the day or first, ideally first one in the school for a little while. And then finishing the day at six or seven, I wanted to creep your shoes right now to see because I feel like you're logging some steps. If you got the Fitbit on and stuff like that, then you're probably logging a lot of steps in the day. Um, and can I? Can I? Creep? Okay, decent soul support. That's right. Yeah. Good? Okay. Um, 
That's a like that's a long day. How does that? Um, and sorry, it's a little bit off script, but this is me maybe like self-servingly. Like, how do how do you navigate that coming home at six? Like, that's a that's a long day. And how does that kind of look as a, a individual with a young family like yourself? I have an incredible wife, and I give her kudos. I don't think I could do the job I do, or as well as I do, if I didn't have her support. Uh, and I think anybody in kind of a, a role like this needs someone uh, who is supportive and who has your back. And so my, my wife Kristen, she definitely. Uh, Kristen as well. Kristen as well. We got some great Kristens here. Kristens, good. Okay, but uh, no, no. She, uh, uh, you know, I, the way we kind of operate it, uh, she, she, you know, she picks the kids up, uh, she does the supper thing. Uh, I'm try to be home for supper, and uh, and then I do the bath time and, and oh. bedtime routine. So uh, we kind of share that, and we each have our role in the evening. Um, but then as soon as I get home, it's 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 done. And, uh, and, and, and work's done. So I try to turn off my phone, try to turn off the computer and, uh, you know, from six on or seven on it's, it's, it's family time. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. That's good. Okay. I'll keep that in mind for the potential someday. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. Um, if you're, if you're good, I think we'll go on to the lightning round here if that's all right. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you read them ahead of time, but, uh, we'll, we'll try to go through them as quick. Sometimes it takes a little bit more thought, so it's okay if you need to take a little time for the questions, but, uh. So first one into the school at the start of the day, what, what's your first beverage of the day? Coffee, tea? I, a glass of water during the week. I don't drink coffee during the week. Coffee is uh, a weekend treat. Okay. So we do coffees uh, on the weekend. Uh, it's just water. Okay. That's, I'm pretty boring. How big of a cup? <laughs> this kind of small just cup, whatever cup. cup I can find, okay, or if so I've left my thermos on my desk, whatever is available. Okay, and I think when he says this kind of cup, I, it's like a four to six ounces, maybe at best. <laughs> I think it's a little, little tiny one. Okay, um, I, I guess when you do have coffee, cream sugar. Uh, right. yep, yeah, d- double double usually. Double, okay, all right, uh, little treat. No, little excited. treat, little yeah. sugar. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Uh, favorite subject when you were in school. Was recess a subject? Does that count? count Yeah, I was really good at recess. I feel like I did awesome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Outside of no, I I liked English, Uh, art, phys ed. You know, those are kind of my you know anything hands on and active. I kind of liked so. Okay, okay. This one's off the script, but it just came out when you said that you mentioned the sportsplex before. Um, All right, is is Nate a curler? Nate is a curler and i oh i sad you brought this up because uh (laughs) i didn't we didn't curl last year that wasn't an option uh and then this year when the team asked i had to cancel um i I said i couldn't do it uh i still plan on taking kids to the curling rink from the school in the new year uh but i'm currently working on my masters and so i have some courses uh that i'm working on during the week and it just wouldn't align with our curling schedule so it was do the masters or do curling, and it was a tough call, but oh, I gave up the curling. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do enjoy getting out there. Okay, and skip, lead, uh, lead second, third, first or second usually. Or second. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, put them guards up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, back to it. Uh, subject you struggled most with in school? I think I kind of t- math would yeah, definitely yeah. be the okay. one. So yeah. All right. Okay. Um, hometown specific, I guess elementary school what was your elementary and high school called? Uh, elementary school was called Holy Family and high school. There was two of them, uh, WDSS, Wallsburg district secondary school. And then, um, Sacred Heart high school was okay. the other one. So okay. yeah. All right. Okay. Um, desktop, laptop, or tablet? Laptop. laptop and I carry it around everywhere I go. I'll be walking the halls with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, is favorite hobby. Is 
Uh, I like curling, but more importantly, I think anything outside. Okay. You know, you can find me outside usually in the summer, anything to do with outside. Okay. Whether it's going for a hike, working in the yard, mowing the grass, anything to do outside. Okay. Um, favorite show currently? Uh, I'm going to regret saying this, I think, but I'm a big, uh, I'm a big softy sometimes. And, uh, this is us is something okay. that our family likes and I know it's coming out here in January. So, you know, we'll put the kids to bed. Me and my wife will be sitting on the couch and I'll probably be the one crying. Okay. So, <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. um, I'll come back to the, the, the next one later in a little bit, but, sure. uh, what, when you were in school back in the day, what was your go-to extra curve? Uh, I did track. I did volleyball. I uh, did SRC. Okay. Um, yeah. No, the, okay. What, are... what events in track? Uh, a lot of running events. Of running. I liked running. Like distance yeah. or like all the... Uh, all of them. Okay. I even did a... It wasn't track, but uh, I did a triathlon, and uh-huh. I couldn't get anyone else to help me out with that. No one okay. was interested, so I ended okay. up doing all three myself. Oh, and okay. uh, so did the running, the biking, and the swimming, okay. uh, and almost died. But uh, no, it was good. good for you. Um, don't do too much running anymore. My wife and I trained for a half marathon with uh, Queen City okay. uh, back a couple of years ago, or a few years ago, and uh, that was I, enough. That was enough. It almost <laughs> killed me. So, okay. but I do. I, I did enjoy running when I when I could. Okay. Okay. Um, who's your hero? Um. You know what? If I look at this past year, who's my hero? I, I I'd have to look at my staff. Okay. Um, every one of them. I, c- I cannot believe how how they've come to plate with everything that's been thrown at them. Uh, curveballs, uh, going online, dealing with all the protocols and procedures from everyone in our building. They have done an amazing job, and I am so proud of them. And uh, yeah, no, okay. they're they're my heroes. I think. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your favorite book? What my favorite book is, well, I told you I'm working on my master's, so I'm doing a lot of educational reading. So I would have to say, though, the books that are in my kids' bedrooms that we read before bed every night, uh, I don't really know what they all are, but having that 15 minutes of reading time, I enjoy that reading. And so that's about between the, the educational books and story time books. I'll take the story time books. <laughs> So on a given week, we got wheels on the bus one week, and then that's we got right. Thomas the tank engine the next. Okay. That's right. Okay. Simple, but it's got a nice story. Okay, sounds good. Um, okay, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, ooh, probably fixing the photocopier. I, <laughs> I think that would be wonderful if I could fix that. You'd be like, I'd I think be you'd sad. Be employed all over the place. I tell you, yeah. that's right. Okay. Um, window seat or aisle seat on a plane? Are you taking me on a vacation? Because I do not care. Where? Okay, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I am ready to go anywhere. WestJet has a 20% off sale just today only. Just FYI. Okay, Kristen, I'll be home in about an hour and a half, and uh, we're booking something Fire for off. February break here. Okay. Uh, sweet or salty snacks? Uh, oh, all of it. Uh, if you were looking for snacks on the couch in the evening, um, ice cream, Dorito chips, not or, together, though, not mixed. Not, no, not mixed. <laughs> but you might have one and then the other. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, top song in your playlist right now? Okay, this is... Uh, my playlist looks different these days. I'm going to say Live Your Life by Rihanna. Ah, okay. And the okay. only reason why is because Mitchell's vs. The Machines came out on Netflix Sometime this summer, maybe, if that's accurate. Have you watched it? No, I'm not familiar. Okay, anyhow, it's a pretty good show, family show. My kids loved it, and that was one of the songs on there. And so even my one-and-a-half-year-old 
will be eating or I'll be changing his diaper and he'll go into full Rihanna mode and just start humming the lyrics of that. Okay. And so we have these little dance parties at home from time to time on the weekends and they request that song. Okay. So... What was the name of the show again? It's called Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Yeah, okay, so you'll right. have to give it a whirl. Yeah. My kids seem to love it. Um, okay. You know, another one I think would be Post Malone. Okay. My kids like Post Malone. It was on the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, some T-Pain from the Lego movie. Okay. So, yes, okay. my, my playlist is a mixture of my songs, but the ones at the top are now my kids' songs. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Check so yeah. I feel like when I when I get Google to play a song at home, it'll be like something I listen to, some kind of rock or something. And the next thing coming up is I'm trying to think. The wheels Melon. on the bus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, is there a, one of those songs you'd sing at karaoke? Oh, I, I sing it at karaoke. I, I haven't in many years, and I probably should never go to a karaoke thing ever again. But uh, I can remember a time in Mexico in front of the resort, and I, I think I did. I think she thinks my tractor sexy. Nice. So okay. yes, yes, embarrassing moment, but that okay. would be one. Is that something that would have been influenced by, from your Saskatchewan transition, or is that? <laughs> Let's say sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, your first job ever. Um, working in the cornfields. Okay. That was a big thing in Southern Ontario, uh, working in cornfields as a corn detasseler. Okay. Um, so that usually started right away in the summer for about six weeks. And I think I started that grade seven and did that for three or four years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, favorite food? Favorite food, anything Italian. Pasta, pizza. My wife and I went to Italy there. Best vacation ever. Best holiday ever. I could have just sat and ate food the whole time. It was wonderful. Okay. Uh, First car? Uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme Convertible. Okay. Yeah, it was a cool... I'm called the Shark. Okay. The Shark. The Shark. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. B rolling up in the Shark. Mr. B rolling up in the Shark. Not as sweet as my, uh, you know, old uh, Ford F-150 that I... Puts around in now, okay. but okay. it works. Okay. Um, uh, favorite food? No, first cell phone. You're going to laugh, maybe. I was 29 when I got my first oh, cell phone. Yeah. Wow, okay. And it was it was during wedding planning. Okay. And my oh. wife and I were constantly getting separated in malls and things when we were trying to organize for our wedding. And, and she finally said, before we get married, you're getting a phone. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, oh. funny enough, you know, the division, when I got this position, they wanted to give me a phone. And I've been very reluctant because I'm just starting to get used to my one phone. I don't okay. know if I want a second to worry about. <laughs> got it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, kind of weird. Good so. for you. Okay. All right. Um, say only you get tomorrow off. What are you doing? Uh, what are, uh, kids are still at, kids are still at daycare. Usually on Fridays off, I go to school and I catch up and I, I do, you know, that sort of thing. But tomorrow's an exception. Uh, we were busy planning, uh, a five, my wife was busy planning, I should say a 5k race for our town. It was a Santa Claus race. Okay. And, uh, so that took up our whole weekend last weekend. And so it was her birthday. We kind of missed that. So, uh, I'm darting her off to, we're going to the city for a surprise. She doesn't really know about it. Hopefully this podcast won't be on. There's no way I'm getting it. Okay. So yeah, we're good. So yeah, surprise birthday to the city without the kids for the first time in about a year and a half. So sweet. Yeah. And sorry, setting up a 5k. Did you run in the 5k? Well, it was, uh, the day it was a huge blistery storm kind of. We did. We did. I had each one of us had a stroller. Buckled the kids in the stroller. We ran as much as we could. Cool. All right. Okay. Um, And I'll I'll finish with this one. Uh, I feel like some of the other ones we kind of ended up talking about before, but favorite thing about being an educator working with kids? 
Um, just knowing that every day is going to be something new and exciting. And there's always going to be a challenge thrown your way and just navigating those challenges. Um, but, you know, just every day is different. And you never know what's going to come your way and uh, working through that. And then, like I said, just being with the kids. I think it's all about the kids, uh, the things they say and do. You know, if you want to have a good laugh, come to a school and talk to kids. They are going to make you laugh and make your day. Okay. Okay. I love it. Okay. Is there, is there anything else that, uh, that I should have asked, but I didn't, that, uh, we, we didn't cover as much as you would have liked to? No, I think, We're good. yeah, no, I, I thought think it was, was really good <laughs> on my end, but I don't, I don't want to, if there's something like, uh, you wanted to highlight. But, no, yeah. I, I think you got them all. I don't know who's going to listen to me talk about, you know, myself and Cornac and education, I'm sure but Kristen right? Well, we'll see. I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so yeah, and I, I guess like I have there too, like anything else you want me to plug, but I think we, we plugged the canteen. So that's good. And yeah. The other hidden gems of Coronax. So, um, all the time, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, I, your name was someone who was mentioned very early on when I was trying to come up with who uh, who maybe should be some people to interview and you, you are spoken of so highly and hearing your, uh, your perspectives and what your approaches are in leadership and stuff like it, it, it's no surprise given how much people like you, and it sounds like your staff um, is is very fortunate to have someone uh, as as charismatic as a transformational leader such as yourself. So thank you so much for coming. Well, in. thank you for having me. I appreciate this, and it was a, a fun experience. So thanks, Logan. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Okay. So wow. I feel like Nate is like transformational leadership personified, you know, like just all about encouraging and inspiring others. It was like, you know, you like, you look at the lightning round there and ask like, who's your hero? And he says his staff, like he, he really does mean it and he admires and cares about the people he works with and really does seem committed to building them up. Um, and I guess to extend that to like letting them kind of explore their own passions and stuff. So, I guess if you're in a min listening to this too, like don't, don't fret. Um, that, that like was a great answer. So if, if that wasn't your go-to answer too, I'm sure you're doing a great job as well. But I feel like that response, like he set the bar high, the staff's listening. They got to be like, yeah, all right. So and I guess even to like to speak to that too, like as not even being his staff member, but like I left the interview feeling like I was a beauty. So good job, Nate. <laughs> Uh, you, you come by it honestly. You're doing you're doing a good job. So yeah, it's a good feeling when you got a when you got a leader like that pumping your tires. So, um, Nate's education journey was kind of great to listen to as well. Like he mentioned going out to Sierra Leone to do some work, but he's kind of been around Saskatchewan a little bit and teaching different areas. And it, it's cool how he can kind of tie together some of the threads. Like there, there's people across the world that are all passionate about certain things with education and working with students and really loving that aspect and like students learning is what what education is all about um but also he kind of like connected in that like connecting across these different communities and collaborating with one another also kind of helps uh, uh, see new perspectives and connect with us together between between our differences and stuff too so and i guess as well like pretty sweet i think nate is our first guest to consider acknowledge that he's done karaoke too so that's pretty sweet, hitting, uh, hitting us up with some country. So that's awesome. Um, and I, I guess I liked his playlist too, throwing out some Post Malone and uh, the Live Your Life. Hey, you know, it's it's reflective of the kids. And my, like I said in there, like my playlist is all Coco Melon songs, but you know, it is what it is. 
Um, good, good jams. They've aged well, I guess. So that's good. Gives me hope that Cohen might like the music that I like someday too. So we'll see. Um, anyway, so some suggested resources I'm learning from. We talked a little bit about uh, split grade, multi grade, combined grade. They're all kind of referred to uh, interchangeably when you look into the literature available and resources available online. But on Connect for you Prairie Southers, it's Connect Learning curriculum and instruction should have some stuff available to you. Um, some people find multi-grade like they're doing stations or centers set up in their rooms and the, the students cycle through it sometimes. Um, but building some independent skills is also kind of connected into it too, um, into that multi-grade instruction sometimes. And uh, being positive um, about multi-grade instruction actually goes a long way for it too. And the literature kind of helps back that up. So presenting it as an opportunity is a good way to try to frame your brain to it too. But if you do need additional resources or you need some help modeling how that might look, like hit up a learning consultant or hit up some other uh, teachers in other schools and stuff if you want to connect with others. Um, lot, lots of us have done some split grade teaching and lots of us probably have some different ways uh, to help you uh, help help you navigate it. So, um, Yeah. Some of the uh, the other things that we might have talked about. Uh, what, what else did we talk about? We talked about uh, <laughs> we talked about um, Nate being a curler, and that's uh, unfortunate that he didn't get to or didn't get to curl this year, I guess. But uh, hopefully, he gets back to curling soon. Um, <clears throat> and I guess. Uh, if you are wanting any additional information, I've already mentioned to hit up learning consultants, but do uh, if you do have questions about anything, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at Mr. L Petlack or send me an email, petlack.logan, P-E-T-L-A-K dot L-O-G-A-N at prairiesouth.ca. Um, and if there is anything cool, like all the cool stuff that's happening, like if you hit up the canteen, if you happen to be at the Coronac on the weekend for that basketball tournament and you hit up the canteen, I want to know what the food's like. So if you've hit it up, I need to know. Not to say Nate might be biased, but I know he's he's selling he's selling the canteen, and I need to know how good that food is if uh, I'm going to make a trip out there sometime. So, yeah, help me out. Send me an email. Um, our wellness highlight for this episode. So we're, we're probably creeping up to the point. I guess this is only episode episode five, but like I, I was going to say, like I might be getting to the point where we're re- repeating some wellness highlights. Um, and I think our one before about like being vocally appreciative of others um, from our previous episode um, probably connects into a little bit of that transformational leadership that Nate mentioned. But this time we're going to go with something else Nate kind of talked about, which was setting firm boundaries for your own well-being and kind of finding that work-life balance. So because it is the new year, um, I will point out it's it's something it's well over three quarters, I think, of New Year's resolutions tend to fail. <laughs> there's, there's your positive positive thinking for today, but... In part, set some realistic goals or boundaries for yourself that uh, if that is the path you want to go down, you know, like maybe you want to switch off the, the phone or switch off your emails or switch off or get out of work by 5 o'clock each day, most nights. Um, but try to make it something achievable and realistic and then just keep doing it. Keep doing it afterwards. Assuming it feels good, they celebrate the success of doing it and maintain that habit and just keep going on with it. Normally, it's by February that people, if you're going to maintain it, then you got it if it's... If you're not, then it's done by February typically. So good luck in your resolutions. Um, A reflective question to start your day is inspired by our conversation with Nate specifically about his kid getting waitlisted for pre-K. But uh, it opened up a good conversation. And my question is, I guess, is what what ways can you be fair to everyone? So like, I know personally, like I, I give my, my loved ones like Cohen and Kristen, the, the best of me and like rightfully so we do that. 
Um, but when I extend this or like send the idea of it to like people, students that I work with, um, I think I need to kind of acknowledge that, that like, I, I'm very certain that I favor certain people in my lives and like that's including in schools and classrooms. And I guess my brain is how, how can I account for that? So I can still support others who, um, um, who, who need that support or like shift my brain to help, help favor more of the people or be, be fair and equal to everyone. So, and I, 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 I mentioned myself because, like, our brains do tend to favor those closest to us. Like, that's biologically beneficial to us. So, and I, I, I don't think uh, we aren't wrong to assume that favoritism exists in, in, in all professions, not just education, but it's certainly something to be aware of in our interactions with one another. So, I guess coming back to it, your reflective questioner thought and uh, how can you put your own kid on the wait list? Um, just like Nate, there's your question. No. Um, but how can you maybe, um, keep those kind of ideas in mind and be aware of how we might be like, I don't know, favoritism isn't maybe the best word for it, but how can we kind of reframe our interactions with others and how we perceive other people's reactions in a way that's maybe more positive and kind of understanding of like, oh, maybe that's why they, they connect a little bit more. Maybe that's why that decision was made. And, um, how can we kind of be aware of it and what we do as well to, to help uh, give everybody uh, everybody a good shot and support everybody. So, yeah. Great episode. This concludes episode five. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I already mentioned my contact information, so I'm not going to say it again. But if you if you liked it, um, you know, subscribe, like, and share. Um, did yeah, get more people listening to Learning Together in the new year. There's there's a resolution for you is you're going to tell somebody every time a new episode of Learning Together comes out, climb to the top of Big Muddy if you have to and shout it from the shout it from the top so they can hear you in Rockland or Bengoff. Okay? There's a context relevant pun there, not a pun, joke, I don't know. Yeah. Acknowledgements. So Learning Together is recorded on the traditional lands referred to as Treaty 4 Territory, which includes the original lands of the Cree, Ojibwe, Soto, Dakota, Nakota, Lakota, and is on the homeland of the Métis Nation. At Prairie South, we respect and honor the treaties that were made on all territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we are committed to move forward in partnership with Indigenous nations in the spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Our music is provided by my good friend, Kiana Berger. And as always, thanks again so much for joining us and learning together. And I hope you have a wonderful new year. Thanks for listening.